Mike Logan. I'm Garrett Elzinga. And this better be good. Garrett's scratching his butthole right now, and you know what it is. It's the weekly podcast. Tucking my shirt in, you twant. <laughs> Where Garrett and I review a movie before seeing it and review it again after seeing it. And this week we are seeing Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Actually, it is Once Upon a Time in dot dot dot. Hollywood. Actually, it's once upon a long runtime in Hollywood. That's that's good. That's good <laughs> pun usage. But uh, I noticed a little a little uh, misnomer. Is that a word that we it would use? It is a word. Uh, I don't know if it fits I don't know. here. I'm not 100 what the word. We'll is find out based on the rest of the sentence. On IMDb, it shows the poster of the movie, which says "Once Upon a Time in Ellipses Hollywood." On the actual title that's listed on IMDb, it is "Once Upon a Time Ellipses in Hollywood." Interesting how they mess that up. It's not that big of a deal, but it's also like you're looking at the poster. It's right there. Yeah. The ellipses yeah. is very pivotal to how the title is meant to be said. Yeah, and I mean, an ellipses is a great way to get a good uh, full body workout, too. Um, Fuck you. <laughs> This is directed by Quentin Tarantino. It's his ninth film. It's weird to think that Quentin Tarantino's been making movies since, was it 89, Reservoir Dogs came out? Uh, no, no 90, it's 93. 92. 90, yeah. So, over two decades, and he's only made nine films. I mean, they're all good, though. They're all good. There's none that are stinkers. I don't know, Death Proof, man. I still... I fucking love Death Proof. Anyone that says Death Proof sucks... Which is most people. Most people. I think they're wrong. It is the worst reviewed of all of his films, too. Uh, Also, did they watch it in side of Grindhouse? I I did. I loved it in Grindhouse. I liked the experience of Grindhouse, and I liked Planet Terror better than Death Proof. I think I... Also, I'm not saying I don't like Death Proof. I just think it's the worst movie he's made. But that also means it's not a stinker. You know what I mean? Like, there's yeah. directors who have made movies where you look at fucking The Adventures of Tintin and you're like, Spielberg. Well, he's got a lot of those. He does have a lot of stinkers. Yeah. So, I mean, there you go. He peaked the a Lost while World. ago. Yeah, he definitely did. Um, uh, also, didn't peak on Netflix. No, he hates Netflix. I fucking hate Spielberg for that. Hey, look, it's Carrot Top. He's got some relaxer in. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, but yeah, uh, I'm excited about this movie. It stars uh, Brad Pitt and Leonardo DiCaprio. Who knew that the, these two had never been in a movie together? I mean, we knew. But I mean, the idea is like, it's shocking that these two had never been in a movie together. Between the two of them, one Academy Award. Wow, I don't get it. They're both great actors. Yeah, and they, uh, has Brad Pitt been nominated? For, I think he has, like, maybe what, once. what, Vampire's Kiss? Interview with the Vampire. <laughs> <laughs> interview with the Vampire's Kiss. Oh, interview with Nick Cage's uh, bat penis. Um... <laughs> Wow. Nick Cage is a bad penis. You know, we yeah. already know that. It flies away. Fly, fly. Shoo. <laughs> <laughs> um, Guys, we did dicks and flicks last night. It was the thing that we did at the uh, garage bar, and we watched Vampire's Kiss while we made fun of it the entire time. Very yeah, uh, full mis- cr- Mystery Science Theater 3000, yeah. riff tracks kind of thing. It was very fun. In front of a live audience. And uh, Nicholas, we both have Nicholas Cage impressions now. It's pretty great. Yeah, yeah. Shoo. Shoo. But in that movie, he's more like Trump, so that's what I was doing the whole night. What does he say when he's like... Shoe fly, don't bother me. What's her name? Avi? Ava. Ava. No, 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 no. What does he say when he, like, points at her? What is this? Alva. Alva. Alva! Yeah, that's, I was trying to remember. Um, anyway. Um, Am I getting through to you, yeah, Alva? Yeah, there it is. There yeah. <laughs> Am I getting through to you, Alva? <laughs> well, especially when I asked it, it's fucking Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> oh, what an idiot. Uh, anyway. He's, he's real dumb. Garrett, what are you looking forward to most? I know you're looking forward to the movie, so what are you looking forward to most? It actually has not dawned on me that we're seeing it yet. 
we're seeing another Tarantino movie. Yeah, it's been a long road, and um, I loved The Hateful Eight. I, I literally, every time I go to a Tarantino movie, it, it doesn't have to be the grindhouse experience. I feel like every movie I see is an experience. I want to go and see a new world, see a new... A whole new world. Yes. Uh, a Tarantino place full of blood. A band apart production. <laughs> Death it. <laughs> yes. Okay, I was waiting for you to. All right. Uh, yeah, I, I'm always looking for a new um, experience, and I think that this is going to be a great one. I'm really excited to see how funny it's going to be because mm. from the trailers, it looks hilarious. Yeah. Which we haven't gotten since. Django? Django? Kind of? Yeah. I mean, not hilarious from front to back, but there's funny moments in it. Yeah. Yeah, and Glorious Bastards. Jackie Brown, I feel like. Oh, yeah, Glorious Bastards, yeah. Was that funny? I thought it was. Interesting. I don't think it was hilarious, but I mean. Yeah. Say, I'll be the same to your Nazi balls. Like, come on. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. But I think Jackie Brown's the last, like, legit funny movie. Pulp Fiction is not that funny. No. Um, Reservoir Dogs is not that funny. Yeah, I think Django is the funniest one. Yeah. This one looks to be a legit comedy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But also pretty dark, because we're dealing with the Charles Manson. Why don't you give the people the plot? Oh, yeah, I forgot I'd do that. Pull up the plot of the movie, everybody, in case you don't know what Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is. Was that the dot, dot, dot? Yes. Also, uh, there are multiple movies in the world that are called Once Upon a Time in something. We have Robert Rodriguez, who is a collaborator with Quentin Tarantino, called Mm -hmm. Once Upon a Time in Mexico. Great movie. No ellipses. 85 on Metascore, this movie. Um, that's good, right? It's like, it's like almost perfect. I mean, for 80. Metascore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You uh, know what movie has 100% on certified fresh around Not tomatoes? Shawshank Redemption. That movie with Aquafina. Oh, that new one? That serious one? Oh, that looks... 100% fresh. It looks good, yeah. but I mean, it hasn't even come out yet, right? That comes out like next week. Yeah, so or this week that always out. happens. Uh, what was I going to say? Uh, yeah, Once Upon a Time in America, that is a Sergio Leone picture. Mm-hmm. What else? Once Upon a Time in the West, I believe that is, also, is all that also Sergio, Sergio Leone. Leone. Yeah, yeah. But that was before. So there's multiple Once Upon a Times in, and I, I feel like Quentin Tarantino does that a lot with uh, movies as all well. All those movies are love letters to other movies. Yes, of course. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I think it's great. I don't care. There's a lot of uh, you know people bitching about how he's not original, and I'm like, no, I think that that actually can be a definition Who's of... Who's about him not being original? There's a lot of, you know, people who... Who's more original than Quentin Tarantino? People say that he's taking other things, so therefore that doesn't make him original. Fucking La La, but La I Land think, got nominated for like 11 Oscars, and it was you. just a rip-off of old Hollywood. Thank you. So, you know... <laughs> a faded television actor and his stunt double strive to achieve fame and success in the film industry during the final years of Hollywood's golden age in 1969 Los Angeles. 69! Well, Bill and Ted. Yeah, I haven't seen it. You never seen Bill and Ted? Any of them? None of them. What? Not even the third one. Well, no one has. I know. (laughs) God, I'm funny. I'm kind of surprised you haven't seen those. Yeah, me too. They're pretty good. George Carlin's in them. I haven't seen any of those like dumb comedies. You know, they're not as dumb as you think they are. Well, I know, but like, aren't their characters dumb? The characters are dumb, but the themes are pretty That's what I mean. That's what I mean, though. Like, like Airheads. Um, well, that's just a dumb movie. Yeah, but like any Biodome, like all these movies, I just never saw when I was younger. I think, I think you're you're right. I saw Mallrats. <clears throat> you're right in the idea that like the characters are dumb, but like, cause like yeah, like any Pauly Shore movie, Airheads, like those are just dumb characters in dumb situations. Yeah. But Bill and Ted is like a pretty philosophical movie. So just no a, one's no one's ever told me that though. 
So yeah, no one's pitched the movie that way. Yeah, I mean, well, think about one for one thing, George Carlin's in it, so there's going to be some amount of smartness in it, just because yeah. he's a pretty much smart, pretty smart guy. But I mean, it deals a lot with um, fate, destiny, the idea of like your purpose in life, and um, but it does. The two characters are very dumb. Um, but it's a really, really, really entertaining movie. One of those movies, too, where I think the second one is just as good as the first one. Interesting. Yeah. Maybe I, I'll have to see it. I think you should it. watch them. Well, how about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? Hollywood. I'm looking forward to this. Yeah, tell I, um, me about I it. I love Tarantino. I remember watching Pulp Fiction on TNT as a kid and loving it. And then watching it again on Censored and being like, oh, this is much better. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, for sure. But then I, I really found out who he was. And this was probably, I don't know, like 97 when I first saw Pulp Fiction. Wow. Um, So then I went back and I watched Reservoir Dogs. And then I watched Jackie Brown. And then I was like, oh, this guy's pretty good. And then as the movie started coming out, I was like, okay, well, this is kind of the director that I'm, every time he makes a movie, I'm going to see it no matter what. And I like his style. Everything is, people call him style over substance, which I think is a bit of an insult. Totally disagree. Because they do the same thing to Edgar Wright, which I kind of agree more with Edgar Wright than with um, Quentin Tarantino. I don't know. I think, I think that, but that's this, I mean, all of, Nah, I disagree. I think style over substance is the weirdest thing to put on anybody that actually puts time and energy into a product, and then when it comes out, it's just like, well, that's more style over substance. Well, the idea, I think, behind the insult, quasi-insult, <clears throat> is that if you have something that just looks like Terrence Malick's The Tree of Life, like, that movie just looks amazing. Like, it's beautifully shot, it's, um, it's gorgeous to look at, but I, have you ever seen it? No. I cannot tell you what it was about. Like, I completely... Brad Pitt was in it. I don't know that. Boring? But I mean, like, it was real boring. But it looked amazing. Like, it was gorgeous. So that's style over that's substance. That's style over substance. I mean... But it, then again, but... And then when you, when you bring up, like, a Tarantino or an Edgar Wright, those are good movies, though. Just yes. because... They're, like, they're beautiful and great. Not beautiful, I guess. But, like, want good movies. Well, here's the thing, though. I think Edgar Wright... I think Baby Driver, of all the movies, Baby Driver is the, the Most one Most style over substance. No. I think the opposite. Wow. I think that Baby Driver has the most character development of any of the movies that he's made. Only with Baby. Not just Baby. It subverts expectations. Well, I with mean, John like, when you think about like the Cornetto trilogy, like those are all really entertaining movies. But I mean, characters don't learn anything in Shaun, those movies. Shaun of the Dead. Yeah, Shaun of the. Oh, sorry. The Cornetto trilogy is Shaun of the Dead. Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, Hot Fuzz, and, and World's End. World's End. And like nobody. They really... all do. They all have arcs. I mean, hold on. Let me. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. I just. <laughs> go ahead. I just feel like their arcs are very generic. Like it's very much like. You know, uh, Shaun, of the, Shaun of the Dead, nobody has an arc. Uh, Shaun, a little bit. Nobody else has an arc. Everybody is the same character from beginning to end. Hot Fuzz, um, I don't remember, Archer, Detective Archer's, his character has a bit of an arc, but it's like a pretty generic, like the movie is a generic action film on purpose. Like it's supposed to be a satire of action films. And I think that that's part of the fault of the plot is because it is following the tropes of action movies. So you're not gonna have a ton of development. A guy comes in as a hard-edged cop, he learns lessons through a buffoon who becomes friends with who he doesn't like at the beginning. We've seen that a thousand times. So that's why I wouldn't give that movie a lot of credit for substance. World's End does deal with a lot of heavier themes. Like, um, I don't remember the names of any of the characters in that movie, but um, there was like Simon Pegg's alcoholism and trying to come to terms with the fact that he hasn't grown up and everyone's moved on without him. But I mean, that's also something that I feel like has been done before. Whereas Baby Driver was like, you had this character who you cared about, and you could tell he was involved with this life they didn't want to be involved with, but he had to out of obligation to um, Kevin Spacey's character, whose name is... I really can't remember. remember. Good. (laughs) But I mean, but he's also torn. And then you look at the fact that, like, just the way his jacket changes over the course of the movie. Like, at the beginning of the movie, he's wearing a black and white jacket. And it's because he's torn between the criminal world and the good world. And then, as the movie goes on, is 
Like if he goes home and he's with his grandfather, jacket's off, he's only wearing a white t-shirt because he's a good guy then. When he goes back to the criminal world, black and white's back on. As he starts getting his hands dirty, he's wearing a white jacket that becomes dirtier as the movie goes on. Like that substance, like that's character development that's subconscious that you don't even notice that Edgar Wright knew when he put it in but and the costume designer knew. Isn't that style? That's style I am sub. That's like a combination of the both. So I would say that because... I mean, the Cornetto trilogy is comedy. Those yeah. are all supposed to be comedy. Yeah. But they're all in different... Um, genres. Genres. Yeah. So horror, action, and sci-fi. Mm-hmm. So that's... You know, that, that gives credence as to why they're able to have those kind of like, you know, whatever plot lines. Mm-hmm. But Baby Driver is also a very whatever plot line. But I feel like they're all good movies, so I think... I'm not saying any of them are bad movies. Yeah, yeah, I also... Th- I just think to put the style over substance is, like, such a fucking... Like, what, what about a movie where you look at it and you're like, who directed this? And then you say the name and you're like, oh, oh, okay. Well, he doesn't really have a touch. I mean, you know, is that just a bad movie or... I think it depends on the movie, really. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. Well, don't know, but, that, but, that went nowhere for me. I'm sorry. I just mean, as far as Tarantino goes, like... People say he sells up as yes, he's very stylized, like the most stylized. Like it's a lot of just cool, great music, hip characters, interesting plots. But I mean, his characters are all really complex in every movie. Even I don't like Death Proof, but all the characters in that movie are really complex. Yeah. Not that not that I don't like Death Proof, but um, but I mean, like even Stuntman Mike, he's not super complex. But I mean, there's more to him than you think. He's very charming. Well, he's also a sadistic, psychotic murderer. Yeah. Um, but then it's like the the stunt team is what I call the second group of women. Like they're all very like strong, well-rounded characters. And like even in the intro scene, because I don't remember any of those names of those characters, but it's Rosario Dawson, the Australian stunt woman. Um, Zoe. Zoe some. Zoe Bell. Zoe Bell, yes. And then um, that uh, the model woman. Uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead. There you go, man. You're on your ball. Who also was in Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, directed by Edgar, Edgar Wright. Wright. Um, but yeah, I just feel like his characters are all very complex, and there's like a lot of shit going on. Like look at the opening scene of Reservoir Dogs. Like just that opening scene alone establishes every single character and all their interests. In- extra- Eccentricities. Eccentricities. And the intricacy of how the characters all interact with each other. And all of his movies are great ensemble films. Yeah. Like, every character doesn't work on their own. They work because of all the other characters around them. And I think that that's why Tarantino, to me, is, like, top two directors of all time for me. Because he is he molds style and substance together in a package that's pleasing and entertaining. And you're just, like, you're watching it, like, this is great. But then, like, at the end, you're sitting thinking about it, you're like, well, shit, let me think about this for a minute. And then you're finding all these little... Nooks and crannies. Oh, <laughs> oh as soon as Jeff Goldblum, everybody. Finding all these uh, oh, uh, little nooks and crannies. Uh. Uh, that was the creepiest thing you've ever done. Everything he does is the creepiest thing I've ever done. When I do them. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, that's uh, my opinion. I just rambled. Oof. That's good. That's fine. Um, yeah, I, I'm excited. <laughs> Me three. I just want to watch a movie. Uh, I... It, it's I don't it's not that's the nice thing about a Tarantino movie is I don't think it's going to be that heavy, um, but it'll be a good time, mm-hmm. and I just uh, want to laugh. I guess I don't know. I'm I really I'm out of it. I got out of it so Did bad. I just bore the shit you. No, you didn't. You didn't speech? bore me. <laughs> it's just like I don't know how to. Okay, it's the thing where like I don't know how to convey. Um, sticking up for a certain direct, like I, I know I don't have to stick up for Edgar Wright, but like the idea that 
So, I just hate to see someone pour their heart and soul into something and then people are just like, ah, style over substance. You know, I don't think that, I don't personally don't think that it's a huge insult. I do. I think it is. Because I think, you think of all of his other films except, except for, ba- I'm, I'm excluding Baby Driver from this list because I don't think it qualifies. But I think that's his not best movie. What do you think his best movie is? I think his best movie is definitely Scott Pilgrim vs. The World. But, Followed closely but, by Hot Fuzz. Here's the problem with that. I would I would put that on the list, but most of that is so close to the source material that he didn't know how to do much. Like yeah. He, like he just translated a comic book and to which, screen. Okay, that is, I think that's the most style over substance for that movie. Well, I agree. Well, yeah, no, I definitely think yeah, that yeah, that's yeah. his most style over substance because it literally is all style, and he didn't write any of the dialogue. Like That yeah. was all from the book. Um, I guess my thing is, like, they're all comedies except for Baby Driver. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like comedy, like comedies are never nominated for best film, best picture, fucking never. And then anytime that it is, it's fucking Green Book. And it's like, are you shitting me? So comedy just never gets that respect. So anytime there is a comedy example, Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, The World's End, everyone says, ah, style over substance, it's Edgar Wright. Where it's just think- like, it's a, hold on. Sorry, sorry. It's the same thing as like, um, you know, these classic movies like The Jerk or Caddyshack. Like they're not, they're in a different kind of comedy, obviously, but it's still comedy. And I feel hmm. like those are also shit on. From from Caddyshack and The Jerk? No, no, no. From, from a, uh, from a um, you know, Academy standpoint, oh. I guess. Well, do we um, respect the Academy? I mean, fuck no. <laughs> they gave Crash an Oscar. Jesus. Remember that? Well, they they, they, they gave Green Book an Oscar. They, what what was it? Forrest Gump that won over Pulp Fiction, tying it back to mm-hmm. Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. It, Sam Jackson lost um, Best Actor in, for Pulp Fiction to fuck who was it? Somebody who didn't deserve. Like Sam Jackson should have won. Well, figure it out. We'll bring it on the next section. Will, we yeah. got to get into this movie. Yeah. I got to pee. Preview started three minutes ago, so we got to pee. Shake the, shake, the, shake the old tingle, Tingleberries. Tingleberries. <laughs> I'm not it up. Peter Tingles. Peter Tingleberries. <laughs> um, Garrett, what do you think? What do you think? Let's give it the old arbitrary rating. Um, Man, well, Inglorious Bastards is a 10. I feel like all of Tarantino movies for me are just like 10s. Nines, really? 9s and 10s. They range from 8 to 10. So this one, I don't know if it's going to be the best. I'm gonna give. I'm gonna go right in the middle of those. I'm gonna give it a 9. Good old niner. niner. A 9. Um... You're Rick fucking Dalton's out of 10. <laughs> there we go. All right, and um, I think it's gonna be really good. I, I think I'm gonna also go, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna go with, I'm gonna, I'm gonna agree with you. I think I'm gonna go nine. I think it's gonna be really good. Wow. Um, I'm gonna go nine. Um, uh, my hands are lethal weapons. I knew you were gonna do that. So if I kill you, I go to, uh, I fucked it all up. It's all right, I knew you were gonna do it. We get into a fight and I accidentally kill you, I go to jail. Anybody accidentally kills somebody in a fight, they go to jail. It's called manslaughter out of 10. Yeah, I knew you were going to do that. That's why I let you it's do it. It's the best line. <laughs> also, I forget all of those lines. <laughs> I go to jail. All right, everybody, you're going to hear an ad. Uh, I think two ads, a uh, trailer, and then we'll be back in a couple minutes. Bye. Uh, I'm Rick Dalton. It's my pleasure, Mr. Schwartz. Call me Marvin. Put it there. That your son? No, that's my stunt double, Cliff Booth. Last night, we watched a Rick Dalton double feature. <laughs> oh, the shooting. <laughs> I love that stuff, you know, the killing. A lot of killing. Anybody order fried sauerkraut? Whoa. 
Are you an actor? No, I'm a stuntman. So you still the wreck, huh? Still here. You can do anything you want to him. I hired you to be an actor, Rick. Not a TV cowboy. You're better than that. Line. Cut! Embarrass yourself like that in front of all those goddamn people. All right, what's the matter, partner? It's official, old buddy. Well, it has been. Here I am, flat on my ass. Who, who I got living next door to me? I'm Sharon Tate. I'm in the movie. You're in this? That's me. I play Miss Carlson, the klutz. Oh. <laughs> Charlie's gonna dig you. And that gospel group. This town, I can all change like that. Hey, you're Rick fucking Dalton. Don't you forget it. We're tired now. <laughs> Speak for yourself. I'm energized. I'm not. I, I sitting. I'm. I, not that the movie bored me. I'm just saying, sitting in that theater for three hours really made me tired. Uh, uh. I, I do want to start off by saying, once upon a time in Hollywood. So when I was talking about the ellipses oh earlier, and on the poster, it's in ellipses Hollywood, and then in at the in in the movie. This is the day we lose like. 40 no, fuck you. No one really cared. <laughs> I, I, I cared. Uh, go ahead, forget man. it. Go ahead. Who cares? It doesn't matter. Go ahead. No, you go ahead, man. No. Now it's it's, it's different. That, that's it. It's different from the poster to the movie itself. What'd you think? Of the movie or the poster? I, who cares about the poster anymore? <laughs> Clearly no one gives two shits. Um... I loved it. I really, really, really enjoyed it. It didn't feel like a, like a Tarantino movie until the end. But um, for the it, most part, it didn't really feel like no. a No. Not an insult. Still a really good movie. It just didn't have the same, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like It just, felt like Hateful Eight, I would say. It felt a like little a, bit. that little bit of world building, which a I A lot loved. of world building. So I loved it. I that's the it benefit great. of a three-hour runtime. Yes. It's like you're able to fully create these characters in this universe and live in it and just... Things that you wouldn't put in a you know two-hour film, you can put in a three-hour film. Exactly. Like the way Brad Pitt feeds his dog, which isn't really relevant. I mean, it kind of comes up later in the movie, but that does help. We yeah. wouldn't need it to still enjoy the end of the film. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it does help. I yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought it was fantastic. Yeah. Um, it's uh, yeah. I mean, spoiler-free. Just the way that all the characters interacted and everything like that and just the little tiny bit scenes where I'm just like, oh, I know that person because it's 1969, mm. so I, I really thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah, this movie, I think we, we said in the first half that Tarantino's movies are always love letters to old Hollywood and this is definitely a love letter to the end of the golden age of Hollywood. Yep. Like, like To the point where a lot of the movie is just like them shooting scenes of other movies. 
Yes. And it's like really entertaining, and you kind of want to watch those movies too. Because yeah. like, there's just I don't know. It was it was fucking great. It was so well acted. I, Rick DiCaprio is just firing on all cylinders. Like. It's like Django all over again. Dude, it's, I, I don't know what it, I think it's something about Tarantino just pulls something different out of him. Because, mm-hmm. like, he just gives crazy good performances in his movies. Yeah. Um, I think it's because he allows him to let loose. It's finally a movie where he can be literally all over the map and do was, whatever yeah. he wants. That was a, Leo plays, plays crazy pretty well. Um, I mean, he did it in The Aviator, uh, Shutter Island. Yeah. Um, uh, the Departed. Uh, Django. Django. And he really... Played crazy in this one. Brad Pitt. Uh, Brad Pitt was Brad Pitt for me. He didn't really bring anything less Brad Pitty or more Brad Pitty than usual. Yeah. Um, I think I feel like ever since Inglorious Bastards, all of his characters seem like uh, was it Lieutenant Aldo. Yeah, like they do. Kind of, they right? seem like a different version of yeah, him. like a different like Lieutenant Aldo in different part, points of time, um, which is not a bad thing. I mean, yeah. he's, it's just you know he's just when he's acting against Leonardo DiCaprio, I feel like. You're kind of like, oh, there's a bit of a difference there. <laughs> I, I really enjoyed their chemistry together because yeah, they were really it, it good. felt like two friends hanging out. That's, yeah. that's I loved it. They had very believable chemistry. Yeah. Um, uh, Margot Robbie was good. Pretty small part for her, which was kind of famously talked about in the press tours before the movie. I, didn't they say it wasn't a small part? I thought they said she didn't have lines. Well, she's not really in the movie that much, and she doesn't have that many lines. But when she does, like, she talks every scene she's in. Barely. But it's not really about her, though. No. Like, I, feel, I feel like that's kind of spoilery, but... Well, no, the movie's not... I mean, if you watch the trailer, you don't think the movie's about Sharon Tate. You no. Know, it's about Rick Dalton and... Yeah, of uh, course. Cliff Boone. Cliff Booth. Cliff Booth. John Wilkes! <laughs> that was fun. Um, but yeah, man, and there's a lot of... There's a ton of very small parts. Like I said earlier, his, his movies... I, I did say that movies... Tarantino's movies are always an ensemble, but this one was a lot less of an ensemble. Because it was a lot of just small parts. Yeah. Like, a lot of really good actors had really small parts. Yeah. And they all fucking killed him. Uh, my favorite was the... Well, should we get into spoiler section? Because, like, I feel like cameos are... Oh, thank you. You're Dang. so welcome. Keely with the water. Oh, She really wants us to get drunk tonight for some reason. I've given up all the drinks today. Wow, this is spiked. Great. Have, but I never show. Um... But yeah, I, um, yeah, it is kind of hard. There's a lot of spoilers in this one, um, so it's kind of hard to talk. But I mean, I, I got, I think, I got my points I needed to get out. This is a really good fucking movie. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um, it's, it does, it's got, you know, I wonder how much money is a Tarantino film's budget dedicated to royalties? Oh, to music? Because like, there's so much music. Yeah, there's a ton. I actually really want the soundtrack to this movie. The soundtrack's fucking good. Man. I think I realized that 1969 is my favorite year for music. I mean, there's a lot of great songs on this uh, in this soundtrack. Um, and then there's this movie is really good at misdirection. Especially yes. if you watch the trailer. Uh, Are we in spoiler section? No, not yet. Okay. I mean, if you watch the trailer and then go and watch this movie... You get a different movie than you expect. Yep. Like, I didn't expect the movie that we got. I expected a lot of other things to be more important than they were, or things that were going to be important that weren't, mm-hmm. which I really like. And then, once we get into the spoiler section, I want to talk about a scene that was changed completely just by seeing it in full context. Yeah. Um, I think I, you, you might I know think what I'm I know the about. one you're yeah. talking about. But um, I think I'm good on spoiler-free. Um, yeah, I'm good on spoiler-free. I mean, I loved it. That yeah. was great. There's a lot of spoilers in this movie, so we do advise you see it first before listening to this section. 
because it, it will really ruin the movie for yeah, you. Yeah, I mean, why people do it, so that's great. Yeah, if you don't care, obviously listen away. If you do care about it being spoiled, I know a lot of our listeners do care, and a lot of our listeners don't care. So if you're whatever camp you're in, act appropriately. Yeah, I mean, I just... Spoiler section coming up. Huge spoilers. Now I'm going to talk about the scene I was just talking about. Because mm-hmm. it's one of those things where this whole movie is just a big, fat misdirect. And it's like in the trailer... There's a scene which you guys just heard. In the trailer, there's a scene where... Oh, these guys are loud as shit. There's a scene where um, Rick Dalton does a scene, and a little girl tells him, uh, that was the best acting I've ever seen in my entire life. You probably want to sit where I'm sitting so you can talk into this, because you're on the side. Like, just like that, it's fine. There's a scene where Rick Dalton's acting. <laughs> this little girl walks up to him and she says, this is, that's the greatest acting I've ever seen in my entire life. And then he starts like crying and he says, I'm Rick fucking Dalton. And in the trailer, it's pretty funny. But in the context of the movie, you've got, Rick Dalton's a character who's essentially becoming a has-been. Like he's on the verge of being a has-been and he's been fighting with that emotionally the whole movie up until that point. Like he was kind of a big TV star and then he tried to make movies and it failed. So he tried to go back to TV and now he's not the success that he was. And he was struggling with that scene, with a scene earlier in the same uh, movie that they're shooting, or TV show that they're shooting. And he went into the, the, his uh, trailer and just had a fucking meltdown because he couldn't remember his lines and he was making an embarrassment of himself. That's me after every set I have. <laughs> and it's funny because he blames it on his alcoholism, his drinking. Yeah. And then he says, uh, in the middle of his breakdown, he's just like, he's like that's it, you're going you're gonna to stop fucking drinking. You're not going to drink anymore. I swear to God, if you have one more drink, I'm going to put a fucking bullet in your brain tonight. Your brains will be all over that goddamn pool. And then the next scene, just fuck it, and then takes another drink. Yeah, it's great. But then he goes out and he performs this scene really well, crushes it, and then the little girl says to him, that was the greatest acting I've ever seen in my entire life. And now you're like, fuck yeah. Like, it's like, yeah. it's like a win, you know? Meanwhile, she's also set up as like this devoted actress at eight years old yeah. and then she's in my entire method. life yeah. you're like Jesus Christ it's only eight years she's, but yeah. the fact that he wants to impress her it's a very well dynamic that's set up by a scene that would never be in a hour and a half two hour movie yeah. but like they're like wow we don't really need this so they would actually neuter a drama and make it a comedy by cutting that entire scene it's definitely needed so. yeah there's a lot of I mean just the first Two scenes you get with Rick and with um, uh, Rick. Rick is Leonardo DiCaprio's character, and uh, uh, Booth. His first name. Cliff. Cliff. Cliff is Brad Pitt's God, character. These guys are so fucking loud. And the, well, they're old white dudes. What do you expect? We run everything. Ha ha ha. No, I mean <laughs> I've, I've heard everybody be loud at some point. Not me. Um, <laughs> but um, the first two scenes with each character. They're long scenes, and they're really just to establish who the characters are. Yeah. And they're really well done, and you can't do that much with a smaller runtime. Yeah. Um, I mean, even, um, we're going to get into some spoilerific stuff here now. Even when you get towards the end of the film, that third act, just that tension ramping up that they do when, um, so earlier in the film, uh, how do I keep forgetting his goddamn name? Cliff. Cliff. Cliff, Cliff ends up going Booth. to Charles Manson's commune. Um, not unbeknownst to him, he doesn't know that it's Charles Manson's commune. But through a series of events, he ends up going there, meeting all these commune people. He ends up leaving. Um, six months later, these people are now fully indoctrinated into like his psychotic, like brainwashing yeah. stuff, and they're sent on a mission to kill everyone who lives in the former house of, you know, an old friend of Charles Manson's, who is now Sharon Tate. Uh, Wilson, Brian Wilson. 
Was it Brian Wilson? They didn't say, he said it was a different name. So Ter Terry and Brian Wilson. Oh, okay. Terry and Brian. I think it was. I think it was. I don't fucking know. But Sharon Tate and Roman Polanski live in this house now, and then Charles Manson sends these hippie kids, worshippers, to go murder them. But they end up going into um, uh, Rick Dalton's, Rick Dalton's house. house. I'm tired, man. They end up going into Rick's house, and a there's no gore in this movie up until this scene yeah. where Rick are um. Dude. Cliff, you want me to take this? Oh my god. Okay, I'll wait till all these children pass. Where Cliff sicks his dog, who we've established already in this film that is the most well-trained dog on the planet. Straight up sicks him on these hippies, and it is gruesome. Yeah. And then Rick is, or uh, Cliff is tripping on acid, an acid-dipped cigarette. Which is funny to see the cutscene every time that it just goes back to when he actually got it. Yeah, we actually bought the, the cigarette from, from the, the hippie. hippie chick. 50 cents, huh? <laughs> Or all the cutbacks, the flashback scenes were all great too. Like him remembering why um, the stunt coordinator won't hire him to work with them. Oh my god, I love that scene. And it's because he picks Kurt a Russell fight with because he picks a fight with Bruce Lee and yeah. throws Bruce Lee into the stunt coordinator's wife's car. And then they do this whole long, like ten minute scene where he picks a fight with Bruce Lee and holds his own against Bruce Lee. And then. He ends up throwing Bruce Lee into this car, and then the stunt uh, coordinator's wife comes out, and she flips the fuck out, and she's like, get the fuck out of my set, and then it cuts back to Brad Pitt, and he's just like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> he does this weird, goofy little laugh. It's so it's so Brad Pitt, but it's so perfect. Yeah. Uh, how about Steve McQueen in the movie? I love that. that That's was... the guy from Homeland. I yes. can't think of his name, I can't though. either, but and My God, phone's going to die, so I can't I genuinely thought they took Steve McQueen... And somehow CGI'd him into the movie. Does Steve McQueen look that close to him? Genuinely, yeah. I I looked. I I think my mouth with my mouth and my eyes were like bug eyed. I remember you leaned forward when they showed him. Yeah, yeah. I was yeah. like, is that what? Wh oh no! It, I know who it is now. It's the guy from Homeland. Because they did put Leo DiCaprio in The Great Escape, which was which amazing. Is pretty funny. <laughs> uh, interesting pick that they didn't use Margot Robbie to recreate the scenes of. Um, oh God. Oh, Wrecking Crew. Yeah. Um, yeah, I thought Sharon it was. Tate. I thought it was odd that they. So like they they ended up having a scene where they talked about how um, uh, Rick Dalton was almost cast in um, The Great Escape, but instead Steve McQueen got it famously. And so every time he's talking about it, you hear these like hard piano chords because it's obviously a really tough memory for him. Yeah. And then it cuts to him. I think imagining himself in the movie. No, I, I'm assuming that they shot it with him and then he got fired or something. Oh, that's because yeah. you're hearing film, so that's a subconscious thing of, like, you know, you're, you're hearing the actual sound of film being played. So yeah, that's the subconscious of uh, Tarantino being like, no, no, this was filmed. Yeah, they put Leo DiCaprio in the movie The Great Escape. Yeah. And then when Sharon Tate ends up going to the movies to watch her own movie, they used the actual footage of Sharon Tate in the movie The Wrecking Crew. So that was odd. It's very strange because she looks literally nothing no, like her. No, it really took me out of it. And yeah. I was kind of disappointed about that. I was like, wait, is that is that her? It, it, it was, and just because it follows that scene that we just saw. Yeah. You just saw that it was possible to do it. Yeah. So it's like, why didn't you? It's very off-putting. Unless it's like, you know, we don't want to disparage the memory. And like, we just showed her panties in the movie. So when she like falls over that suitcase and her legs flop open. Yeah, well, I mean, it's in the movie. Yeah, it's in the movie, but also throw Margot Robbie in there. You saying you want to see Margot Robbie's panties? Sure, Mike. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> um, just filling people's mouths with words. I like to fill people's mouths. Uh, um, I had something else. And I lost it. What were we talking about? I can't remember shit, so. 
I'm like fucking Guy Ritchie and Memento right now. I can't remember a goddamn thing, and it's really Guy irritating Ritchie? me. You mean Guy Pierce? See? <laughs> oh boy. Well. You know, directed by Christopher Lee. <laughs> <laughs> you mean Scaramanga from The Man with the Golden Pun? Yep. That's what I meant. Oh my god. If you guys are James Bond fans, you would get that. They got it. Fucking assholes. Shut up. Anyway, so this movie was great. How does it rank for the Tarantinos for you? That's oh, a I good have one question. more thing I wanted to say. Okay. Well, I, I remember what it was. All right. Um, uh, Carmen Morales talked about on her post earlier today on Facebook. She's a comedian out of Los Angeles. Um, she posted that, um, it said, um, uh, Dear, Quentin Dear Quentin Tarantino, Tarantino, we get it. You, you love, love feet. feet. Sincerely, everyone. Yeah. Something like that. And I swear that before I saw this movie, and I was like, he is, yeah, he puts feet in movies, but it's not that bad. It's pretty bad in this movie. Well, it's also Leonardo DiCaprio's feet in two different scenes, too, which I was like, okay. Well, I'm not saying it's just about, like, it's sexist or anything. I'm just saying it's just weird how much feet are in this movie. Yeah. Like, center of screen. Yeah. Like, and it's feet that don't need to be there. It's not part of the plot. Like, the no. hippie girl gets into Brad Pitt's car, takes her shoes off, and sticks her feet in his windshield, and it's the center of frame. I think it's to see... I think it's to show... It's because Tarantino has a foot fetish. It's... Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you can also write it off with the story where it's just like, it's the amount of shit that Brad Pitt's character, Cliff, will put up with until he shoots him with a harpoon gun. Because he cur- killed his wife. I love wife. how they never answered whether or not he actually killed his wife. Oh, I'm sure he did. But also, wouldn't you? She was awful. She was the worst. A lot of uh, abuse against women in this movie. <laughs> yeah, what, el- what else? What else? Well, the two hippie chicks. The redhead who he brutally murdered. Oh, good. Uh, I am going to completely... Like, I saw you reeling back a couple times. If you know... Do you know about the... the... I was reeling back on the dog biting the penis part. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was it. Um, I think there was someone else reacting like weird to the girl getting her head bashed in or something like that but anyway this happens at the end of the movie but that's so revisionist history that's Mm -hmm. basically which totally surprised me uh no i mean no that surprised you i was hoping for it but then when it started to happen i was like okay here we go like when the girl drove off i was like here we go here we go and then fill, um, people, fill the people in on for, who don't know what actually happened. So the murders at Cielo Drive. Um, Charles Manson told people to go and kill uh, the people that lived in this house, which used to belong to Terry and whatever. I think it's Brian Wilson, but I'm not sure completely. Told them to go murder everybody and to um, write helter skelter on the walls in blood and uh, you know. Piggies, all that shit, because they were all influenced by the Beatles' White Album, so they're using all that shit. And then also uh, to try and blame it on the Black Panthers to make a race war. Mm. That's what he believed, because he's a fucking crazy person. Mm. And then, uh, anyway, so anyway. Um, and they succeed. They successfully do Yeah, it. they successfully killed everybody. It's a brutal thing. And then they went, ar- they went on to kill another family, um, it was a, a husband and wife. I hate being here this late. Holy yeah, shit. this is not good. But um, so they ended up doing all that. So the moment that this stuff started to flip, and I was just like, "Oh, they're gonna get it!" Because the shit, like they pulled Sharon Tate's baby out of her belly, and it lived, and then they killed it. Like they fucking are the, the most depraved people on the planet, and they genuinely believed all the shit that they were spouting, <laughs> and. Uh, it's the same exact, not the same exact, obviously, but it is that human, which can be animalic, just fucking awful, 
uh, people that the Nazis were. And it's the same thing that happened in Glorious Bastards, where you're seeing all these people just brutally murdered, and you're like, yes, yes, yes. That's how I felt during that scene in this movie. See, I think for me, seeing Hitler get brutally murdered is very easy to cheer. But seeing three random people who I don't have a connection oh, with. Oh, I had the connection, and it's I'm really happy that all those things happened. Yeah. Yeah. So it, I understand that it doesn't mean that for you. But yeah, for me, not knowing, um, not not knowing, but forgetting that Tarantino just changes history whenever he wants to, yeah. my mind was like, oh, well, these people actually murdered all these people, so they're all going to die. That's what I thought. And then it's like, oh, no. As it was happening, I'm like, oh, fuck, that's right. He doesn't care about history. He'll just do whatever he wants to, yeah. to satiate the story, which is which I'm not mad about. I um, it. it. was very satisfying. I like seeing text die. Um, what he says, um, does that know you? What's your name? I'm the devil, and I've come here to do devil's business. Nah, it was uh, dumber, than dumber than that. Dumber than that. It's like, uh, text, you shoot him. Text. text. That's what it was. Oh. Uh, yeah, also, great. did we mention how funny this movie was? It was very funny. It was funny. I laughed a lot. Yeah, there's a lot of laughs we had. The kid who played Bruce Lee. Yeah, he was good. He was great. Yeah, he was good. This is a great movie. Did you yeah. hear that Bruce Lee's daughter is upset that he's basically a punchline in this movie? I mean, he is a punchline in this movie. Yeah, she's she's very she's very hurt by it. I could imagine why. Yeah, that makes sense. I get it. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> Fuck it. I'm sure that's what Bruce Lee was like when he was playing Cato on the Green Hornet. I wonder if because this is loosely thoughts of true stuff because like yeah. Rick Dalton was real, right? Yeah. Okay, so like no, no, Rick okay. Dalton was not real. Okay, well fuck it then. That'd have been cool if he was. Checking the phone. I really don't think that he could have that uh, Cliff could have beaten Bruce Lee in a fight. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, unless he's, like, some unknown amazing martial artist. Is it funny that kids will just, like, cry, but then continue to do the activity that they have to be doing? They'll yes. just cry while they're doing it? They're crying while they're walking? <laughs> like, it's funny, because you think about an adult. An adult can't do anything else while they're crying. Like, you're crying. That's it. You're just crying. Yeah. Now. You sit down. You slump down. Kids will just cry while walking, which leads me fairly to believe that they're not really crying. <laughs> oh, they're never crying. There's an adult crying while walking. <laughs> I mean, this could be a bit, Mike. <laughs> just crying while in line for a roller coaster. You're just at the DMV, just so bad. <laughs> I mean, that's what I do. <laughs> this is a bit. This is a Mike, bit now. Mike looked at a, a number. I looked at my number in line while crying uh, at the DMV. So, yeah, what else you got, man? That's it, man. Let's rate this bad no, boy. No, what does it rank for you? Oh, yeah, that's right. It's, um... I don't know, man. I, I still think Pulp Fiction, obviously, great. Um, Reservoir Dogs, I think it's number two. It's gonna be up there with like, I don't know, man. That's this is a toughie. I don't think it's better than Glorious Bastards. Do I think it's better than Django? I do. I do think it's. I think I'm gonna give it. Uh, I think I'm gonna put it fourth. I think I go Pulp Fiction, Reservoir Dogs, The Glorious Bastards, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I really enjoyed this movie. It's pretty good. Yeah. Um, I think it's, uh, I don't know, I kind of want to watch all of them again, but from what I remember, I mean, this one, I really thoroughly enjoyed it, and I'm a big movie buff, so it's up there for me, um, and I feel like this is really the only one that's centered, like, it's a round film, you know what I mean? Yeah. So he has had no other A movies. lot of other films talk about, a lot of his other films talk about film. Yeah, they reference it, yeah. but this is the first one that's about film, and it's also about the the murders it's yellow drive so it's true crime it's all that stuff rolled into one and um man i really i really loved it i i'm gonna put it um probably i'd say fifth though behind uh i don't i i, I don't even know so first is inglorious bastards for me and then 
and then everything else is like tied for second. You know what I mean? Yeah, That's, yeah. I can't really. There's like four movies that I feel like are actually tied for second in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I'd rate it. All right. I'm still going to give it a nine. I'm going to give it a nine dense in a blue car out of ten. All right. All right. I'm going to give it a nine out nice. of ten. If you've seen the movie, you will get that. Um, that was it, man. That was a fun one. What are you doing this weekend? I got two weddings to go to, so no shows. I'm at oh, actually, oh, no, correction, I do have a show this weekend. I'm, I'm actually have to, I have to leave a wedding, go to the show, and then go back for the reception. That's fun. Um, yeah, I'm sure it won't be. Um, but that'll be Saturday night at Coral Gables. Wow. Well, have fun up there. Whoa. It's flooded in the basement, so now it's on the upstairs. So the sun will be setting while you're on stage. It's on the, and it's, where is it upstairs? It's in the main, like, there's the patio. Oh, like that big dance hall yeah. room? Yeah. It's not, uh, it's not the best, but have fun. The sun will be setting your entire set, like great. behind you. So then it's blinding people in the crowd. It's a awesome. great setup for. Comedy. You know what's really great for black people when sunlight is pouring in directly behind them. What? They can only see your eyes and teeth. Probably wouldn't be able to see that because I'm gonna <laughs> that close a them the whole time. Jerry Donovan joke. Ugh. Uh, so then, yeah, I'll be at Dr. Grin's all weekend. Oh, you mean uh, the headliner didn't bring his own MC this week? No, 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 he didn't. Thank God. Brad Wenzel, headliner, uh, and then I think it's Keith Bergman feature, and then me, MC. So, three white dudes. Sorry. So go get a guest spot to liven it up. No, I don't you should. That. I can't. I, Saturday? I can't do Saturday or Friday. Wedding's both Friday's days. wedding. Well, then leave the wedding Friday, and then come do come a guest the, spot. A I'll guest be spot. fucking hammered drunk by that. Fuck yeah, you will. I'm not going on stage Dude, hammered got, drunk. Yeah, all right. You're not going to have another fucking drink. Ah, <laughs> oh, fuck it. Ah, oh, fuck it. <laughs> you know, then he throws it out the... Well, hopefully you guys kept listening to hear that little gem that we had. Uh, my name's Garrett Elzinga. I'm Mike Logan. And, and that, that was, was great. great. You were going to say good, right? Yeah. people. I spent some time with a very funny guy named Kyle Plouffe, Dan Donahue, Caroline Smith. Real stories. How about multi-dimensionally occupied? And the boys go into the house and we start getting knocking on the truck door. Real places. We are looking for the ruins of the Cobb Estate in the haunted forest located in Altadena, California. Yes, ma'am. And we think we found it. I believe this we're here. Real funny. Anything louder than we've already heard, you're just going to see me growing smaller in the distance as I run along. <laughs> All right, listeners, I'm in the bathroom now. You don't have to talk, David. Get ready. Oh, shit. Okay, well, we're definitely not alone out here. What was that? Check out Laughing in the Dark, the podcast where I, Sarah Jones, explore a new haunted place with a new comedian every week. Find Laughing in the Dark anywhere you get your podcasts. Hey. 
Hey everybody, I'm Matt. I'm Mandy. And we want you to listen to another Another episode episode podcast. podcast. Each week we bring in a comedian to help us talk about our awkward teen years. And the movies that got us through it. We talk about movies like Stand By Me. Clueless. Little Shop of Horrors. Spaceballs. And so many more. You can find us on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, and anywhere you find your podcasts. So we look forward to you joining us on another another episode episode podcast. (laughs) Keep that. Hey, movie lovers. I'm Dan Curry from Game Goose. Do you enjoy listening to sincere reviews of video games? If so, give Game Goose podcast a shot. My pals, Clinton and Neil, join me in analyzing and dissecting the weekly developments of the video game world. We'll make sure you're up to date on everything video game related, talk about the history of video games, and take a dive into a unique topic every week, such as who are the best video game bosses, or what exactly is video game speedrunning. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts.